All right. If you have your Bibles, please take your Bibles, turn to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. That's where we will be. We'll be in Malachi chapter 2, starting chapter 2 tonight. And um, It is really hot out there, isn't it? It's like 90. I was up in Wairika and it was 104, or not Wairika, Medford. It says 104 up there, so I'm uh, still trying to recover from that. I'm not a hot kind of person. Um, but glad everybody's here tonight and we can gather together to uh, sing praises to God and to um, spend a little bit of time in the Bible and seeing what God has said, what God has done, and to be encouraged by that and taught by that, and uh, that is the goal tonight. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since um, I've been here and, and we've been looking at Malachi, so we'll get back into it tonight, but we left off at the end of chapter one last time. And if you remember um, what was going on, Malachi, the prophet of God, was um, charging the people of God with um, particular sins, uh, sins of not believing God, not believing that he had loved them and that he had uh, cared for them. They were being charged with um, bringing polluted sacrifices to God um, and doing things that... um, brought dishonor to God, dishonor to the name of God. And so in that first chapter, we saw kind of a back and forth. Sometimes he was dealing directly with the people as a whole. Sometimes he was dealing with the priests. And tonight we'll be looking at a a section of text in chapter 2 where Malachi is really directing this word of the Lord right at the priests in particular. And, And so that's what we'll be doing tonight. But before we get started, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll begin. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Lord, that we, we get to come here. We get to come and sing and gather as believers and, and hear from your word. What a privilege. Uh, Father, I pray that we would not take that lightly, that it would be something that is a, is a joy in our lives. Whenever we have opportunity to gather with believers and and to hear what you have said, and to discuss those things with one another, and encourage one another in them. We thank you for your loving kindness towards us, Lord, and most of all, that you uh, showed that to us through uh, the gift of salvation through your Son, and how grateful we are for that, Father. Uh, We praise you, we thank you, and we want to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So tonight, I think that we'll be able to get through the first four verses of chapter two um, and, and see what those verses have for us. Uh, there are, in, a, in the bigger section of the first part of chapter two, there's, we see uh, three different things. We see uh, a, a condemnation uh, that, that God is condemning the priests for their failure in their ministry. Uh, we see um, what's brought out is the the second thing is, would be the standard of the covenant that God had with, with Levi. Uh, there's a particular standard. They're not living up to that standard. They've failed in that area. And then the third thing would be the, the charge that he brings against them. And he tells them exactly what they've done wrong. And he contrasts that with 
the standard of his covenant with Levi. I don't believe we'll get through all of that tonight. Mainly we will be looking at the, the first part of that, which is this condemnation that's brought against the priests. Um, and so I want to look at that. I want, what I want to do is just read verses 1 through 4 of chapter 2, and then we'll go back and, and start looking at verse 1. Okay, Malachi chapter 2, 1 through 4. And now, O priests, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. Okay? So looking first at this condemnation, okay? In the, like I said, in the previous chapter, there were a lot of accusations made against the people and the priests, and the chapter ended with a rebuke of uh, the people in particular, uh, in particular at the end of chapter 1, was the one who brought what was polluted to the priests to begin with, okay? The people that would bring something that was polluted. That, that uh, last verse there in chapter 1 said, Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. Okay, that was a, the last charge we saw in chapter 1. It's pretty severe. Uh, again, we're talking about a curse there. And Malachi has been bringing charges, charges against the people and against the priests. Um, and in this next section here, in the first part of chapter 2, there's no mistaking who this word of the Lord is directed to. It's, it's absolutely clear. Verse 1 makes it crystal clear. It says, and now, O priests, this command is for you. Can't be any clearer than that. You can almost picture the setting. You know, everyone is still there. The, the regular people and the priests are all still there as Malachi has been there rebuking the people, bringing these charges against them. Um, and we don't know how many priests were there, um, but they've all been hearing the word of God through Malachi. Uh, there, there were a lot of them. They did, they did their work in shifts as priests, uh, but, but uh, we don't really know how many of them there were. But it was not a small group of, group of people. It's not a small group of priests, and it's not a small group of people in general, as they're all there hearing all of these rebukes from Malachi, which it's not just Malachi's words, remember. This is the word of the Lord through Malachi. Okay, Malachi is, God is using Malachi to bring his word to the people. And, uh, but you can almost imagine this. Have you ever been a part of a group of people um, and watched someone else being rebuked? Someone else has done something and there's a group of people, but the boss or whoever it is is targeting this one person and, and bringing this rebuke. And there's this feeling of uncomfortableness. Uh, you almost feel sorry for the person. Um, and then maybe you've been the one that's on the receiving end of that. 
and, and you, you can feel that rebuke. You can feel the eyes of all the people staring at you as, as the, you're, you're scalded for whatever it was that you did or didn't do. And everyone is, is looking at you. They may be feeling sorry for you, or they may be thinking, you're getting what you deserve. Um, but you can bet all eyes were on the priest as Malachi spoke these words. As he said, this command is for you, the eyes would have turned, they'd all be looking at the priests. And imagine, the, as we get into this, what the, the shame, the embarrassment that on the part of the priests, or perhaps even a little bit of self-righteousness on the part of the priests, thinking, why, why should I be receiving this kind of rebuke? But whatever their attitude was, they had to endure the word of God unmistakably directed right at them. Uh, yes, you have a question? I'm not, are you talking about the part where he's talked about spreading dung on their faces? Okay, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll talk about the difference here between the curse and the blessing and all that, okay? Um, so, verse 1, And now, O priest, this command is for you. Most of your Bible translations will have the word command used here, but we should understand the serious nature of this word. It's, it's not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. Uh, this is God speaking an absolute command to them. This has the idea of um, also of being a strong warning, okay? Uh, it's not something that can be ignored without consequences. Um, so what is it? What is the command? Uh, well, as we move into verse 2, we'll see the command is that they are to give honor to the name of the Lord, Yahweh. Okay, that's what they're not doing, and that is what they're commanded to do. Look at verse 2 in our passage. He says, if you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Okay? They are guilty of not giving honor to the name of the Lord. And uh, this is not just about saying some words uh, or doing some activities. This is about the condition of the hearts of the priests. That's what's, that's what's going on here. Uh, God was not then and is not now interested in people just saying words uh, or, or you know, begrudgingly doing something out of obligation and, and have their hearts not be in it. Uh, God is after the hearts of his people, um, and so I have a question for you. Ezekiel 11 and, and 36 talks about God changing his people, making them new. What does God say he will take out of them, and what does he replace it with? Does anybody know? Okay. A heart of stone taken out, a heart of flesh put in. Again, the, the focus there is the heart. Um, Isaiah said about the people that they drew near to God with their mouths and honored God with their lips, but... How did he say they were far from God? With their hearts, they were far from him. Okay? They were doing things. They were saying things. They, they communicated that they maybe believed some things and 
we don't know about each other what's in our hearts, but God certainly does. And God knew that though their mouths said things, their hearts were far from him. Okay? And Paul said in Romans 2, 29, But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Okay? Again, the heart. Old Testament, New Testament, it's always been about the heart. That is what God is after. So he says here, if you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart. Those are the, the words that he uses through Malachi. Okay? So listening. He says, if you will not listen. This is not just about audibly hearing something. My kids can audibly hear me telling them to do something, but my goal in telling them to do something is beyond just them hearing me say it. I'm not, I'm not satisfied if I ask them if they heard me say uh, whatever it was that, that I said to them. What I want to know is what? <laughs> Did they do it? Did they listen? Okay, there's a difference in hearing something and listening. So the idea here is not just the audible hearing so when he says, if you will not listen, he's saying, if you will not do, okay? What I really want when I ask my kids to do something is I want, and I'm saying, seeing if they listen to me, is did they do it? Did they listen and do it? And that's what God's looking for. It's, it's obedience to what he has said, not just uh, lip service, okay? He also says, take it to heart. If, he says, if you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart, Okay. Again, this has a more significant meaning to it than, than just the words there, but when we understand what those words mean, it, it's very helpful. To take it to heart means that, that they believe God, that, that they agree with God about whatever it is. And in this particular case, what he's after is that he deserves honor. Okay. So for them to take that to heart would mean that they would agree with God about that and, and believe God. Um, why the heart? Why is the subject here, or, or the, the target on the heart? Okay? It's, it's the center of man. It's, Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 12, 34, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? It's coming from within. It, it's, there's that starting point is the heart there. In Luke 6.45, when Jesus was comparing the, the tree and its fruit to people, he said, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, what comes out of your mouth reveals what's in your heart. Your actions reveal what's in your heart. So he says, Take it to heart. Take what to heart? That the name of the Lord deserves honor. If they had taken uh, this to heart, they never would have accepted polluted offerings from the people. Now again, remember, we're talking about the priests here. If the priests had taken to heart that God's name deserves honor, and then someone brings a polluted sacrifice to them, they would have rejected that. They would have rebuked that person. But they didn't. They were accepting those sacrifices. Okay? Uh, if they had rebuked the people for bringing such offerings, 
that would have revealed to the people that the condition of the heart of the priests was, we are going to honor God. His name is worthy of honor. But instead, what message do they send to the people by accepting these polluted offerings? That God's name can be, that his name can be, um, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, well, cheapened. There's probably all kinds of words you can use there. Um, dishonored, first of all. Uh, he, and he continues uh, with the results of their bad heart condition. Okay? And he's saying, if you do not believe God, if you do not agree with God that his name deserves honor, and then actually honor him by fulfilling your role as priest, then trouble is coming. Terrible trouble is coming. Okay? He's already charged them. Uh, and proven that they do not agree with God and that they do not honor him or fear him. And we saw that back in chapter 1. This is, he has already laid this charge at the feet of the priests. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Remember he said, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. Okay, that charge has already been brought against them. That, that verse there reveals that their heart uh, is not a heart uh, that, um, that they have not taken to heart this idea that God's name deserves honor. Um, and then he continues on in chapter 1 to, to prove it by laying out all the evil of the sacrifices that they were accepting and performing before God that were polluted. Um, so he's already charged them with that. So he says to them here, if they will not honor him, then something. Okay? If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, okay, that's the subject there, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Okay, So, I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. And then he goes on and says, Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. It's back to that, that issue again. Okay, and he says here uh, what he's going to do, and then he says he's actually already done it. In other words, they, they've had enough instruction. They've had enough warnings. They've had plenty of chances. Okay? And they have not laid it to heart. They have not laid it to heart. Question. Since, since God is immutable, meaning God doesn't change, what was he really concerned with then, uh, then back in that time, I mean, and what is he still concerned with today? Okay, we've talked about this heart issue. What is he really after with them? And then what is he really after with us now? What's that? Holiness. Holiness, okay. What else? Other thoughts? Obedience? Okay. That's not the supreme thing. Okay. That's getting closer. The word I'm looking for is his glory. Okay. God is concerned with his glory that he would be glorified. And a lot of the things that were said are, are a part of that. When we, when we honor God, we glorify God. When we're obedient to God, it glorifies God. Um, Isaiah 48, 11. 
listen to what is said here through the prophet. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. Okay, Ezekiel 36, 22. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. There are many other scriptures like that. God is, God will be glorified. He will not share his glory. That's what he is after. And when the priests are doing what the priests are doing, here they are dishonoring God. They are not bringing glory to his name. And God, as we saw uh, in the Ezekiel passage, uh, he, he says, o, o house of Israel, that I am about to act. Okay, he, he, He's not doing it for their sake that he's about to act. And, and you don't really want God to say to you, I'm about to act. <laughs> that's, not a, that's usually not a good thing. Um, but he does it for his own sake, for the sake of his name and his glory. Okay. Another question, why is that such a big deal? Why is the glory of God such a big deal? Okay, Satan thought he could have that, but he couldn't, of course. But why, why should it be a big deal to us? It's clearly a big deal to God. Why should, what's the big deal about God's glory? Okay, we are his children. We need to honor him by glorifying him. Absolutely. He's the creator of the universe, creator of everything. Okay, what else? For his name's sake, yeah. Okay. Any others? Okay. Yeah, if... if what was that? He, he gives us life, absolutely. All, all good reasons. And, and if, we were, if we were to take and list out every attribute of God, okay, if we were to list them all out, that would be the reason this is such a big deal. We, we just can't grasp the holiness of God. We cannot grasp his complete set-apartness, his, his perfection in every single one of his attributes. You know, we, have, we are made in the image of God, uh, so we, we resemble God in certain ways, but we are not God, and we certainly are not perfect in any of the ways that that we uh, resemble God, okay, because he's created us in his image. But, but he is perfectly holy, set apart. Uh, and just think about that for a minute. If we, if we truly understood the holiness of God, we would see why it's such a big deal, that, that his name will be glorified. Okay? He's, he's set apart from everything else, and he's perfect in every way, his servants, the priests, were treating him with contempt and with dismissiveness, as if his name was nothing. Okay? And that's, it's not only bad for the priests, it's not only bad for the people, but what are they doing? They're profaning the name of God among the other nations. The other nations would look and say, well, they say their God is so great, but they don't even, they don't even do what their God tells them to do. They bring these lame sacrifices and all these things. They're, 
they are not sending the message that God is, is to be glorified. They're sending the message that our God is just like that chunk of rock you carved an image out of or something like that, okay? So now let's talk about the curse and the blessing that Malachi mentions here. Uh, first, the, the blessing. The priests were from the tribe of the Levites. Okay? They had been given the responsibility of uh, the temple and the priestly service. And uh, Deuteronomy 33, uh, starting verse 9b, the last part of 9 there, through 10, says of the priests, For they observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your rules and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you and whole burnt offerings on your altar. Okay, what are the priests supposed to be doing? They're supposed to teach Israel the law. They're supposed to make intercessory prayers for the people. And here it's referred to as putting incense before God. And they were to keep the provision for the atonement of sin there through the burnt offerings on the altar. Okay, they had some major responsibilities. These are what they're supposed to be doing. That's an overview of their responsibilities, but of course, as you read through the scriptures, uh, you see that there's much more detail about all the things that the priests um, had to be doing. Uh, it was their life. It was their livelihood, and, and God had blessed them. Okay? The, the word for blessing means an enrichment, physical, spiritual, material. Okay? Any blessings they had were from God. And that's the same for us, by the way. Any blessings that you and I have in life are from your Heavenly Father. Okay, and that was the same with them. Now, thinking specifically about the priests, if you were a priest, if you were of the tribe of the Levites, what are some blessings you had from God? What do you guys think about that? What are some blessings you had from God if you were a priest from the tribe of the Levites? You got your food. Right? All the people, the other tribes, they had to bring the food to the, the temple for the service, and the priests got to partake of that. Okay? What else? Other blessings they had. Okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were able to dwell safely in the, the sanctuaries of the priestly cities. They, uh, they hadn't been given land like the other tribes, okay? so they were, they were spread out in different areas. But that didn't mean that God didn't provide for them. He absolutely provided for them, um, like, like Rosie was talking about. What else? Other blessings that they had? Yeah, they got the food. Yeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't have to do what all the other tribes had to do. It's not that they sat around doing nothing and everybody served them, okay? <laughs> they, they had a lot of work to do, but God provided for them. He blessed them through his commands to the other tribes and what they had to do. Okay, okay they, they, uh, they were mediators between God and man. They, they had the respect of the congregation for their, the, for their position. Uh, they were entitled and empowered to lead the people in worship. They, they were, again, to teach the word of God to the people, and they were to uh, take those sacrifices and, and announce God's forgiveness of sin through those, 
uh, and, and atonement through those things. Um, they, they had absolutely blessings from God. There were privileges in being a priest. God, had, God alone had truly blessed them with, with so much that the other tribes didn't have. And the key there is that God, God blessed them. Okay? They didn't come up with this on their own. They didn't do this or accomplish this. It's what God set up and then provided for them. I mean, if, you, if you're hearing from God, okay, you know, all these other tribes, you're getting this land, that land, this land, and then it comes to the Levites, go, you don't get any land. You might think, well, what about us? But it's not that God left them out. God had a plan for them, and he, he provided for them in a different way. Okay? He had a different role for them, but they were, they were absolutely blessed by God. And so since the key is that God blessed them, God can also curse them. Okay? And what is going on here is that God's threat of a curse is really the removal of his blessing. Okay? He had blessed them, and now he's threatening to remove that blessing. Um, to be banished from the priesthood for this irreverent and arrogant refusal to honor God, this would be shameful. Okay? And, this, and this curse doesn't just happen after a certain amount of time. Okay? God himself said here in our, in our passage, I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Okay? It didn't just happen. God acted. Okay? He's doing this. And the word curse here is the idea of removal. Okay? God was the one who blessed in the first place. God is the one who can remove that blessing. And in fact, God says through Malachi, Indeed, I have already cursed them. That them is what? Their blessings. Right? He, he said there, um, I will curse your blessings. And he says, indeed, I've already cursed them. Okay, so he's talking about their blessings that he'd already cursed. Um, and why did he do that? Because they did not lay it to heart. Okay, lay what to heart? Remember what it was? Honor for his name. That's right. Yep, to honor his name. God had already done this. The people... Um, they're already, even in this public condemnation, are seeing the priests in a, in a different light. All the regular people now, they're hearing this rebuke of the priests, and they're hearing that this cur, about this curse. Um, and, and so God is already bringing this about, that they would be viewed differently uh, in the eyes of the people. Uh, now, that's not to say that the people were innocent in this. Okay? They're absolutely not innocent in the least. Okay? Uh, we, I talked about earlier, they brought these polluted sacrifices to the priests in the first place, and the priests accepted them. So the people are not innocent in this. But this particular rebuke is meant for the priests because of their position and responsibility. Okay? And in the next uh, two verses, he gets specific with uh, what this curse looks like and why he does it. Okay? Let's look at verse 3. He says, Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. Here Malachi indicates, God says he will rebuke their offspring. Now, some of your Bibles may use the word seed here, okay? And this is a reference to the children of 
the priests. The seed is the, the seed of man, the, uh, what man produces from his seed. Not plants or crops, uh, but we'll see later in chapter 3 the, uh, what God says about crops and those kinds of things in a different context. But here what's being re- referenced is so this message is targeted at the priests, and the seed mentioned here is, is their offspring, their children. Okay? Um, and remember, again, that the, the priests are the target of this, uh, of this curse. Okay? He will rebuke their offspring. Perhaps the sons of the priests uh, were already just as bad as their fathers were. We've seen that elsewhere in the scriptures. Um, in terms of the kings, how many of the kings' sons followed them, and they were even worse than their father. Um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a pattern through the scriptures. So perhaps these, the sons of the, the priests were already in that kind of a place, or maybe they were going to be. But either way, the point here is the word rebuke. Okay? God is going to rebuke. And this word means to change or put a stop to something or replace something. Okay, when, when Jesus rebuked the wind, he stopped it completely. Okay, what God is doing here is putting a stop to the family line of, of these priests. They will no longer be priests uh, of his, and their children will not be priests. And God has done this before. If you turn with me over to uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2, and we'll look at verses 34 through 36. Okay, and was dealing with uh, the sons of Eli, okay? Um, and we'll see what is said here, starting in verse 34. As, and, this that, and this that shall come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, shall be the sign to you, both of them shall die on the same day, and I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my, to what is in my heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed forever. And everyone who is left in your house shall come to implore him for a piece of silver or a loaf of bread, and shall say, Please put me in one of the priest's places that I may eat a morsel of bread. Okay, in this case, the sons of Eli, were they had been com- committing adultery with women who served uh, in front of the tent of meeting. Eli had tried to correct his sons, but they wouldn't listen. Okay, and the scripture says that they did not listen to him because it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. God was going to make an example of them, and that's exactly what he did. He put them to death. He's going to raise up a faithful priest to take their place. And so here the first thing that Malachi says God is going to do is rebuke their offspring. He's not going to put them to death that we can see, but they will be replaced. That's the first part of of this curse. The second part of the curse, God is going to spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. Okay, what, what he's referring to here is the fact that in the process of the animal sacrifices that the priests would perform, they were supposed to do something very specific with the intestines and the, the dung and the innards of the animals, okay? 
In Exodus 29, 14, it says, But the flesh of the bull and its skin and its dung you shall burn with fire outside the camp. In it, it is a sin offering. Leviticus 4, 11 and 12 says, But the skin of the bull and all its flesh with its head, its legs, its entrails, and its dung, all the rest of the bull he shall carry outside the camp to a clean place to the ash heap and shall burn it up on a fire of wood. On the ash heap it shall be burned up. And Leviticus 16.27, And the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. Their skin and their flesh and their dung shall be burned up with fire. Okay? So, looking again at verse 3 in our passage, Behold, I will rebuke your offspring, and I will spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings and you shall be taken away with it. These are the the unclean parts of the animals that have to be burned up outside the camp. This is what what he's saying. Um, God is going to spread on their faces this dung, this this stuff that's meant to go outside and be burnt up. Um, now, Now, this is figurative language. God's not actually going to reach down, grab some of this stuff, and smear it on their faces. Okay? That's not what's going on here. There's another meaning here, but it's a very strong meaning. This is the curse. They're going to be seen by the people as cursed in this way. They are no longer worthy to be priests. They are to be treated just like the dung and the filthy waste, which is taken outside the camp and burned outside the camp. They are unclean. They're unfit to serve. And that's, that's this curse. That's how they'll be seen, as if they were splattered with this dung and, and not worthy to be in the camp. They had to be outside the camp. Okay, So what is this? Question, what does this do to the priests in the eyes of the people? Okay, they, they hear this. They hear this curse being pronounced. What does that do, do you think, in the eyes of the people as they look at the priests? They're disgraced? Yeah. Any other thoughts? Remember earlier we talked about the blessings of the priests? Okay, they're disgraced. Yeah, they're, they're no longer respected, which before they had this position of respect among the people. It brings shame on them. It removes, uh, removes them from their blessed place. Okay, God said he was going to curse their blessing, and that's what he's doing here. He's taking away their blessing. They will be seen as, as these, these that should be cast outside the camp along with their, the remnants of these animals that they're supposed to take out. That's what those things are used for, and that's what these priests are used for. Okay, It's very shameful. And remember back in chapter 1 when Malachi would bring a charge against the people or the priests, their common response was basically, what? When did we say that? When did we do that? As Malachi would bring a charge and say, you say this, they'd say, what, when? Okay, they, they didn't see it. They didn't believe it. They didn't even know how far they had fallen into the sin of dishonoring God. And so as they, the priests stand here listening to this rebuke, listening to this curse being pronounced on them uh, from the Lord, they were probably trying to figure out why God was being so harsh especially as the priests stood there in their clean, white, 
garments thinking they had it all together, thinking they were doing what God wanted them to do, and, they're, and everything's just fine. Okay? Uh, but, but everything is not just fine. This is a, it's a, a very strong rebuke. Okay? And that's why he starts out by saying, this command is for you. Okay? Now he, we'll wrap up this part here with verse 4. Okay, and this gives, he gives a reason why here in verse 4. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. What is God doing here? By, by doing what he's doing with these priests, what is he doing? What's he accomplishing? No thoughts? Okay, he's, he's upholding his end of the covenant, okay? <laughs> Draining the swamp. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> we hear that term a lot these days. Yeah. And remember what we talked about earlier, what, what God is after, that, that his own glory, that he would be glorified. And that's what he's doing here. Okay, he's, he's uh, preserving his covenant. He is keeping his name holy. Okay, it's not that they actually made God not holy okay, by, by what they were doing. We cannot change God. We cannot harm God. Um, but they were treating him as such, saying that, remember, they have this position of leadership, and they're sending the message to the people that God can be treated this way. Okay? Um, they, don't, they don't actually make him not holy. But God uh, is after the people agreeing with him that he's holy, agreeing with him that his name deserves honor. Okay, and so by God doing what he's doing and cursing the priests, okay, taking away their blessing, he is preserving that covenant. He is preserving his holy name, and he is sending a message, a very strong message, not only to those priests, but to the people that my name is to be honored. Okay? Remember, at the end of chapter 1, verse 14, it said, For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. And God is making sure that that holds true. Okay? Uh, it's, it's like if a, a parent tells a kid, you know, they're doing something wrong. They say, I'm not going to tell you again. And then they do it again. They say, I'm not going to tell you again. And they keep saying it over and over again. Well, that kid learns pretty quick that he doesn't have to listen to his parent. Right? But, but here God acts and God does this. And there is no doubt in the minds of the people that God's name is to be honored and he is preserving that by doing this okay that's his goal here is is his own glory and so he is acting for his own namesake in this instance with the priests um, so next time we'll be looking at verse 5 we'll be looking at uh, the the standard of the covenant okay as a, as a contrast to what he's just explained and what we saw through chapter 1 we'll look at the standard of the covenant and how they had fallen away from that what it should be, and what they were doing. Okay, and it's, there's quite a difference there. Any questions or thoughts before we close out tonight? Okay.
Yeah, absolutely. And if you, uh, we just finished in our Bible study a several-year study in Hebrews. It's a great book in the New Testament to, to draw you back to the Old Testament, to see the connections and to see the reasons why all these things were done. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really good. But join the club of people that need to learn more about, <laughs> about what God said, what God did, Old Testament and New Testament. So we're all there, and we all can really benefit from, from these studies and from, from learning. So thanks for that. Thanks for being here. Thank you, everybody, for being here. So. Sort of swamp-like. <laughs> All right. Well, let's close out for the night. Father in heaven, we thank you again for, for this night and the privilege we have to be here. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can read about these events uh, so long ago, Father, but that it's not that they have no meaning or relevance for us, even though we're not uh, priests in the temple service. Uh, doing animal sacrifices and all those things, Father, as, as Christ has come to be the sacrifice once for all. But Lord, we can look at these things, we can, we can learn from them and be reminded of your holiness, of, of the honor that your name is due, and Lord, that you alone deserve glory. I pray, Father, that you would help that to sink into our, our hearts and our minds, Lord, that, that what comes out of our mouths and what our actions are would reveal a heart that um, has, its, has set on it the truth of who you are, that you are holy and you are to be glorified. Lord, may we project that to others in, in, in our daily walk. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for salvation in Christ. Um, what a gift. We give you praise and thanks for it. If there's ever anything uh, that you should be glorified for, Lord. It is for saving wretched sinners. Um, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, everyone.